0: Welcome to Married to History, where he loves history and I love learning
1: and aggravating him. hmm. Aloha, I'm Christopher. I have a fancy piece of paper on my wall that says that I know more about history than most people do.
0: I'm Shirley. I'm a homeschool mom that relies on good curriculum, Christopher, and Wikipedia to teach our kids history.
1: I know you want me to say it, but I'm not going to say it.
0: No, I don't want you to say it. Oh,
1: okay, fine.
0: It doesn't have to be said every time.
1: Doesn't it though? Feels no, like I no, it actually, no, it
0: actually doesn't.
1: It feels each time like I haven't said it.
0: No, last time I cut it out, perhaps, I edited it out.
1: Perhaps that's one of my great weaknesses. I talk about history so often because I feel like I know I haven't said it before that, <laughs> that nobody was listening <laughs> the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, hilarious.
0: Hey honey, I have a history question for you.
1: I love history questions.
0: This is another installment of Who's That Dude and Why Do You Like Him So Much? Okay. All right, who's this guy?
1: Okay, that is, to the best of my memory, either Socrates or Plato or Aristotle.
0: You don't even know?
1: Forgive me, of the many, many paintings (laughs) I've seen of old men with long beards and bald heads, (laughs) no, I'm not sure which one that is.
0: Okay, so this is Plato.
1: And you're just assuming uh paintings i there's been statues yeah there have been busts. yeah yeah yeah
0: no this is plato and okay. go to i mean not you i'm talking to listeners now everyone needs to go to our social media i know that i'm really bad my goal was to post every episode something on social media haven't been doing that but i will post this this photo it's it's a portion of a painting of plato and this is the one you put on your poster of like your most favorite historical figures. It's actually Leonardo da Vinci.
1: Oh. That's a picture of Leonardo yeah, da Vinci, it really. Is. Now I The outfit is completely wrong for the time. No,
0: exactly. It's Leonardo da Vinci as Plato.
1: Oh, that's what the artist went with. Okay. Yeah.
0: I I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe I'll look it up while you're babbling, but there's this. <laughs> I can't remember the story behind the entire painting. It's quite large and it shows many Greek philosophers, or I don't know if they're all Greek, but important philosophers. And the artist used fellow artists as the stand ins. So this is Da Vinci as Plato. I think that's really clever because it to- totally looks like Da Vinci. Understandable. Yeah. All right. So tell us about Plato. Is it Plato or Play-Doh? Like, was he an inventor of Play-Doh?
1: You just had to go there, didn't you?
0: I did. I saw an opportunity. I had to do it before you started talking.
1: <laughs> Play-to with a T. It's spelt mm-hmm. that way, not with a D to imply that it is dough that one plays with. But
0: I definitely pronounce it Play-Doh, and I think most Americans do.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. All right, tell me about him. That that's one of those common sounds, or uh, I don't know, yeah. those are the linguistic tricks that uh, we yeah. uh, we do.
0: Ts become ds. It's fine. Everyone knows who we're talking about. Yeah.
1: All right. So uh, Plato is one of the three, arguably the three great Greek philosophers, three greatest Greek philosophers: mm-hmm. Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. Socrates uh, taught Plato. Plato, or rather. You no, know actually, I have to take it back. I am not positive whether or not Socrates taught Plato. I'm pretty pretty sure he did, but I don't remember reading anything specific that said that Socrates tutored Plato oh, versus Plato like learned from Socrates. Direct mentor, yeah, issue that or kind not. of thing. Okay. However, Aristotle did learn from Plato, or rather, did was did have tutelage from Plato. So I know that that one's connected. Okay. I'm pretty sure that they were probably all three connected, but I'm not positive off the top of my head. But anyway, mm-hmm. of the three, Plato is probably the one that I like least, in that I disagree with not a lot of what he says, but I disagree with some of his conclusions, and it could and also yet. just be that he's the one that I disagree with most, or, or, sorry, <laughs> that I misunderstand most, and that might be why I disagree with him. like okay. no, these aren't hardcore things. Like for example, I love Plato's Republic. I love the allegory of the cave. So yeah, yeah there no, there are things I like about him, but some of the conclusions that he drew yeah. into what make a proper republic, yeah. I'm critical of those. Some of the very things that I was mm-hmm. critical of are some of the things that people like to point out are bad about fascism because when Mussolini invented fascism, he was basing it off of his interpretation of Plato's Republic.
0: Oh, for real?
1: Yes no way Mussolini said it over (laughs) and over again that that was his inspiration that was his take on the type of republic that plato was talking about a couple of things in there Uh separation of classes a warrior class being the elite version wait plato said that plato plato wanted art uh uh trying to remember what the the wording he uses uh artistic warriors should be the should be the bosses people that know how to fight but also appreciate the arts if i'm remembering correctly uh, I think okay. specifically, I think more than anything else, he was talking about music. They need to be able to know and appreciate music.
0: They need to fight and sing. Yes. Do uh, they sing uh, while they fight? Warrior
1: artisans is basically what he thought should be the elite.
0: That is, okay. I'm going to get caught up on this because it's such a foreign concept. Okay, continue. Again, like That's I, fine. I, That's I, perhaps, fine. I,
1: perhaps this is one of the reasons why I don't like him more than the other two is that he's uh-huh. the one that I under perhaps i understand incorrectly and Uh uh, contributing to my liking the least but anyway i okay i one of the reasons i do like him that he is on that board is 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 specifically because of the allegory of the cave i love the allegory of the cave i whenever i get the opportunity and when i'm teaching my students about Mm -hmm. it i like to i i like to teach them about the allegory of the cave and then help them to understand the different levels of it and what uh, what uh Plato was trying to describe. Mm-hmm. So for those who are not familiar on that, you could type in Allegory of the Cave, and I guarantee you there are a million drawings, memes, uh, pictures, Mm -hmm. maybe even uh, YouTube videos and whatnot that I'm sure people have done. I've seen a a lot of these things that are very, very good. (laughs) I seem to recall seeing one where they (laughs) where they uh, drew a Star Trek version of it, which was kind (laughs) of awkward because why they would have been in a cave. Uh, I digress. For those of you who cannot or do not wish to get uh, to take a look at this picture or to read Plato's Republic. Well,
0: maybe if they're lucky, I will make two social media posts this week. One with the painting and one with memes of the cave. Okay. People so, have to find out.
1: <laughs> going back to what I was about to say Go for ahead. those who are not interested in doing that part and want me to just give them the what's what's on, what's important. Let me take a step back. Socrates once said that he was the smartest person alive because he was the only one who realized how little he knew. Everybody else thinks that they know everything. Socrates said, "Like, no, I know. I don't know everything." I'm also the
0: most humble because I say I'm humble. Like, I I don't don't know. It sounds dumb.
1: Okay. Well, so the the idea of him saying that he was the smartest person, Uh yes, that sounds dumb, but Mm -hmm. it is a good thing to know to recognize that one does not know everything. That is a good thing, and I would dare say that that makes him. On the right track and that yeah he was probably smarter than a lot of other people just because he recognized he didn't know everything and when he didn't know something he asked questions believe it or not uh, you know that uh, saying and curiosity killed Mm -hmm. the cat I don't know if it's based on him but that's essentially Mm -hmm. what happened he always wanted to understand things even if he like knew the answer himself he would still always ask people why because he wanted to understand what is their motivation do they even understand why they are doing something why they believe something whatever the case might be and he just yeah. annoyed basically he basically annoyed people to death with all these questions and then decided <laughs> they labeled him a public menace and they eventually executed him I so didn't execute Dude. him I believe he was forced to commit suicide he was forced to drink arsenic drink poison or something, or something? Like, yeah I I know about that. I'm forgetting what the exact detail it was, but anyway, anyway, it was curiosity, his own curiosity, and trying to instill that curiosity in others. That got him killed ultimately I was gonna
0: say that's like a toddler but we don't necessarily execute toddlers for asking why why so, why all the time yeah. So
1: <laughs> I bring that up because Plato is sorry the allegory of the cave is kind of a play off of that this is in my understanding it I or my belief rather is Plato's way of trying to communicate to people or to demonstrate to people what socrates was trying to say or rather the, the belief that socrates held mm-hmm. so the allegory of the cave is a uh, basically goes like this let us imagine that there is a person who is chained up in a cave and mm-hmm. he's forced to look at the cave because he's leaning up against the wall there's a yeah. wall behind him so all he can see is the cave wall in front of him right that's to him Is the world because he's never he's never been out of there. He's never going to be out of there. He has lived his entire life in that cave, chained so that he can't get out. The chains might have not been part of it, but he's in the cave. Something prevents
0: him from leaving. And the only thing that he can see
1: is that wall. Uh Now, suppose that somebody puts a torch or a light on the far side of the wall, and they have people holding tools or whatnot, just walking back and forth in front of the fire
0: behind the person in the cave.
1: Yes, behind the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. But in front of the fire, so now this means that they're going to be casting shadows on mm-hmm. the cave wall. So now this is going to alter that person's understanding of what the world is. He's not just going right. to see a wall and assume that's the world. Oh, he's going to see these shadows moving, and that is going to be his world. That, okay, everything that exists is these things moving around on the wall of this cave. Right, right. But then you take that person and you allow him to go. either you tear down the wall or you allow him to go onto the opposite side of the wall so -hmm. that he can see that, oh, there's actually this light, this Mm -hmm. fire thing. And there are all these people and all these things that they're Mm -hmm. holding and they're wearing and whatnot. That is going to blow his mind because until you allow him to do that, the world was what he knew. The world was shadows on a cave wall. Then to make it even more profound then take that person who now you've allowed to turn around and see the fire see the p- other people in the cave now let him go outside and see the world the grass mm-hmm. the trees the stars in the sky right so Mind blown. the allegory of the cave i like is because it's one of those things that it's it's an address trying to help us to realize how little we know Plato's idea is that most of us, perhaps even all of us, I dare say, are at at least at some point in our life, if not still, that person still inside the cave, just looking at those reflections on the wall. We are unwilling, perhaps because we were frightened, or perhaps because we just don't want to believe Mm -hmm. that we can learn more, rather that the world is more than what we are currently observing or what we currently understand of it. Right prejudices that people have from time to time or uh, stereotypes. There we go. That's an example of this of uh, the problem of this kind of thinking. So many of us have these ideas of stereotypes mm-hmm. or prejudices or whatnot that are just in our brains. Right. That's the reflection on the wall. That is the world, that know. we know it is. And we are unwilling or we are unable or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be to accept that no, maybe that is wrong. Right. One of the great dangers of that, and I dare say the, the biggest problem that most people have with that is that too many people don't want to accept the fact that they were wrong or that they had wrong or erroneous beliefs. They don't want to accept that. Oh, that means that every decision, every action I've ever done mm-hmm. based off of those cave reflections yeah. was wrong. And despite the fact that everybody makes mistakes and a fair number of, or more than a decent number of people probably make those same kind of mistakes based off of that, those reflections off the wall, they can't bring themselves to admit it and they can't let the rest of the world know that they were so fooled. Right. Then the the classic sign of competition, we all want to be the best. We all have a hard time admitting our imperfections Mm -hmm. and we, some of us fight Literally to the death to protect our the secrets of our imperfections right. our imperfect knowledge.
0: Well, pride is a powerful drug.
1: It is indeed. So we've had a fair number of friends. I think we've probably talked about mm-hmm. over the last couple of years that we've lost contact with yeah. or have had a falling out. And on more than a couple of occasions, I firmly believe from these friends, it's because I did. I did not go up to them and point blank, tell them you are wrong Mm -hmm. because I recognize that I might be wrong. I I know that I don't have a perfect knowledge of things also, but it was, it was obvious beyond measure that they were not willing to accept that they were seeing anything Mm -hmm. other than cave reflections. And it was very sad. Yeah. Some people people are just, they're going to anchor. And again, you can kind of understand that how scary must it be for that person Mm -hmm. who the whole world is their cave reflections. And now all of a sudden, like especially if you skip a step and just take them straight from that to the outside, that's yeah. got to be scary.
0: That would be. Yeah, I could see that.
1: So that's in a nutshell, that's the allegory of the cave. And I love it. It's a, I think it's a great story. It's a great, it's a great study. It's a great, yeah. it's a great, uh, what's the word I believe we're at a concept, a great way of understanding this thing that continues to this mm-hmm. day to be. Yeah, one it's of the greatest Handicaps of mankind.
0: Yeah, it's it's totally relevant. I apologize, relevant.
1: humankind. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. So, if someone wanted to read the allegory of the cave as Plato wrote it, is that in his book, The, That's Republic? In the Republic? It is okay.
1: I want to say it's. Uh, Treaty 6, I don't know, it's been an awfully long time since I read the book. It's not
0: a very big book, <laughs> no, right? it's, uh, it's
1: broken up, I want to say it's broken up into eight sections, Yeah, uh, hmm. it's been a long time, so I don't remember, and I want to say that mm-hmm. the, the cave is in section 6. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Get Plato's Republic, plentifully available at any school or library, right. and it's a—that's actually a fairly small book, especially if you get an—if you don't get to a version where whoever was translating <laughs> it decided to add pages and pages of their own commentary into it.
0: Yeah, don't you love that? It's a small book, but it's I like five actually. times bigger because I, of the commentary. I, I, I want to read
1: the original. <laughs> if I want to read somebody else's take on it, then I'll buy the secondary source I found when I—yeah. When I get uh, books, I want the primary source.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay, so I looked up the painting. Mm-hmm. It's called the School of Athens by Raphael, and it's a huge fresco, not a painting. Yeah, I was wrong. And yeah, it has a ton well, of. The second Greek that you mentioned that it
1: was, or that the artist used Leonardo da Vinci, yeah. I thought to myself, okay, well then that means that that's a small piece of what's probably something oh, yeah. much larger. Yeah,
0: the the Plato part is. I mean, he's. Plato and I think Socrates are like the central figures Mm -hmm. of the paint of the fresco, but it's huge. Mm -hmm. And apparently, we don't know exactly who all for sure is represented. We make assumptions based on, you know, things that they're pictured with, um, you know, holding a book or whatever. But it sounds like from my quick skimming that Raphael didn't leave a key. You know, this dude over here represents Herodotus. This (laughs) dude represents. (laughs) So, so I guess we're not sure, which is kind
1: of fun. How many artists do do that? I can, I- Granted, my my, well, uh, my exposure to art, especially modern art, is fairly limited. The idea that you can uh, paint a red dot and it's <laughs> worth millions of dollars or slap <laughs> a banana with some duct tape on a canvas and that's art, it boggles my mind. Yeah, I'll never but understand. I would imagine that most artists would would want people to look at it and mm-hmm. understand, not stand there by their work and explain their art to other people. I could be wrong. Right. I, I'm not an artist, so I don't know. I know, but you
0: make a caption. It, you don't have to explain the whole thing, but like... Just a caption. It doesn't matter. Okay,
1: I'll, it's I'll, fine.
0: I'll take your word for it. It's fine. I
1: think the last art I did was probably in fifth grade. <laughs> both
0: I'm sure your mom gave that to me at some point and I threw it away. <laughs> your Ouch. mom saved all of that. With your permission, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yes, Da Vinci and Michelangelo and a bunch of other people were in there too. Cool. Renaissance man. Wild. Now, why would Raphael, this is a fun question that I know the answer to, why would Raphael make this giant portrait of philosophers from Greece, including Plato?
1: I would have to be honest, I do not understand what has inspired most art
0: no, but what you told me about the Renaissance, I mean, this is... Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, so, okay, you know if, this. If we're thinking about the Renaissance period, so the Renaissance was a time in which the rest of Europe uh, started in Italy and then spread mm-hmm. out from there. Uh, was starting to... The uh, classic way of thinking about it is to abandon its Middle Ages ways mm-hmm. and go back to a purer, better, more civilized time of the Roman Empire, right. or the Greco-Roman culture. So yes, this meant bringing back, um, especially in the arts, anything that could be an homage to the ancient Greeks or the ancient Mm -hmm.
0: Romans. Cool. Yeah. That was the Renaissance, huh?
1: In a nutshell, yes. In in a very simple form, yes. The Renaissance (laughs) was basically the population of Europe saying that, all right, so uh, we got rid of the Roman Empire almost a thousand years ago, Uh but hey, it's cool again. Yeah. So let's start bringing it back.
0: Is it fair to say we've been obsessed with Greco Roman? Think about it like <laughs> uh, bell
1: bottom genes suddenly made a comeback. I mean, things yeah. like this happen all the time. Oh, where, yeah, it goes uh, in phases. Us- usually for this day, it tends to be like, a, I think, on a decade by decade basis. Mm-hmm. But you know, okay, in the case of the Renaissance, it was a couple of centuries basis.
0: Yeah. Anything else about Plato that we need to know?
1: That needs to be known? No, not too much. One of my professors once told me that Aristotle was a letdown. What? And this, again, might go-to, my personal understanding of why okay. I like I like Socrates and I like Aristotle, but I'm not all that cool with Plato. You Is keep Plato... saying that,
0: but Plato's the one on your poster.
1: Aristotle, Just... Aristotle and Socrates are on my poster too, aren't they?
0: Mm, I'll check. Continue.
1: Mm-hmm. Where was I going with this? Oh, okay. Because so Plato was a philosopher. He was a right. learned, and educated man, but he was also a philosopher. Aristotle took a or broke away from that. Aristotle was not. I'm not saying that he wasn't a philosopher at all, but Aristotle mm-hmm. was much more into what I would say the hard sciences, the actually observable rather than yeah. uh, the philosopher. So one of my professors once mm-hmm. said that, and he thought that nee, Plato, when uh, when it came to Aristotle, Aristotle was probably kind of a disappointment to him because Plato <laughs> wanted him to like, be thinking on this higher level, right. and Aristotle's kind of going on this not quite so high level. Mm-hmm. That said, though, there's a reason why Aristotle gets a heck of a lot more credit in publication than Plato does. Cause... Does he? Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah, because Aristotle did lots of things. So um, He
0: built a laser, I know that. He like destroyed an entire fleet of ships with the big old laser. or Okay, something.
1: first off, no, that was not Aristotle. That was um, wait, who was it? Oh man, what was that guy's name? Uh, oh no, Galileo. I know his name. Uh, was Archimedes. His name? Archimedes. Thank you. Yes, that oh. was Archimedes.
0: Um, confession yeah, time. You're thinking of I Archimedes' death
1: ray during the first. I think it was the first Punic War. I don't know, but I was no, also thinking of else. the
0: in the bathtub with the crown. Eureka! That was Archimedes too, wasn't it? Yes. Dang it.
1: Dang it! (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, I'm listening so, but
1: uh, but yes, Aristotle did experiment. So, to the best of my knowledge, Aristotle did not experiment with lasers, but he did experiment with optics, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. And he did experiments on all kinds of things uh with mo- physics, not electronics, that I'm aware of. But magnets, yeah. and I-, I can't go down the list. L- lots of things. So many of the sciences that we still learn about today, mm-hmm. that are essential functions of our life today, the foundations were started by him, or at least we still wow. refer to him. In the, in the, in our foundations. That's impressive. So I've I've never been overly fond of science. That changed once I started to become a teacher and I had to start (laughs) teaching science instead of just history. And I thought it was cool. But when when I was in college, I actually found a way to get myself to be a little bit better Uh in science or at least be a little bit more interested in science. So I was taking a uh, class, I think it was a general science class. Mm-hmm. But this got me interested in the physics because one of the first things that we talked about when we were going into physics right. was uh, Aristotle and some of his earliest theories on motion.
0: Right. And, I,
1: I, and I loved it because I'm like, I know these answers. Not because I know <laughs> the science, but because I know Aristotle. And I know that these were his theories. Right. And something about that... Was just enough to get me interested to the point where it's like, okay, now I like physics. I'm not going to say that Mm I'm a a very good physicist or whatnot. I know there's plenty of gaps I have in my knowledge, but I like physics
0: because you can relate it to history
1: because i can relate it to history because i can relate it to aristotle <laughs> because i remember his early ideas and this, that's awesome and uh, this would be another reason why i kind of like Aristotle. i know we're not talking about plato anymore but this would no be that's another- fine
0: because no. aristotle and socrates are not on your poster so we're not going to talk great. about them oh. in this context okay
1: so they're not on my poster not because i didn't want them there they're not on my mm. poster because nobody signed them
0: no i Got signatures on every single oh, you photo. Did? Yeah. Oh, all okay.
1: right. Well then I don't know why they didn't make the list. I at the don't time.
0: know. Uh, I asked you for a list of important people and they weren't on the list.
1: Okay. I, I do not know why that happened. But anyway, <laughs> going back to Go ahead. some of the things I love about Aristotle. So there's often been that argument that, oh, science and religion can't mix. Mm-hmm. It's a ridiculous argument, absolutely ridiculous. Right. Some people recognize that it's ridiculous, but there seem to be a lot of people, or at least loud enough voices amongst some people that say, Oh no, they're not supposed to mix. Well, yeah. Something about the science proves that God doesn't exist, and I think that's ridiculous that's not true well i'm well i'm not gonna say that they are wrong because again i'm not i will i I perfectly i'm perfectly (laughs) willing to accept the idea even though i don't believe it that i could be wrong yes but it seems to me that everything that somebody has ever given to me to say that oh this proves science and not god has always Mm -hmm. been a case of but you didn't prove that that's not god all you proved is that god is smarter than you thought he was five (sighs) minutes ago (laughs) so, <laughs> right. Aristotle, uh, one of his first theories was um, that, okay, so he came up with the theory that which is true in physics, that mm-hmm. uh, an object at rest stays in rest, an object in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by a That's
0: superior.
1: That's Newton. New what? That's Newton. The, sorry, I'm quoting Newton, but Aristotle was the one that came up with those uh, those ideas that it's oh, everything's really? natural state is at rest and something has to happen to it in order for motion to enter. Newton stole it. Newton did not steal it. Like Newton Edison. expounded upon it. And Aristotle, uh, so Aristotle b- b- recognizing mm-hmm. that, all right, everything's natural state is to be at rest. Okay. And because things are moving, like the, in his days, thought the sun and the moon revolved around the earth, right. or at least the moon, I don't know, but he had theories about the sun. His idea was that, okay, well, something has to have started that motion. There must have been mm-hmm. at some point in the past, an initial motion, an right. initial thing that happened. Yeah. So uh, something I think a modern day version of that is the idea of the Big Bang, but then there's also the why?
0: idea why why the Big Bang? What started it? That would have been no, the no. That's what thing. I'm saying. Okay, yeah. But
1: yes. Then, then there's also the thing of okay, well, what what's what yeah. caused the Big yeah. Bang? Or if it wasn't the Big Bang, okay, it's easy to believe that some sort of deity, some sort of celestial being or uh-huh. all-powerful, all-knowing or uh, smarter than us, more powerful than us yeah. being started. It's the possible.
0: Portions. Yeah. yeah. So Aristotle is cool with that?
1: Uh, yeah, Aristotle is absolutely cool with that. Interesting. And then Aristotle is also cool because you taught Alexander. He did? Oh, yeah. Philip Phil II, Alexander's father, yeah. hired Aristotle. Or, okay, this is surprising. I've heard two different versions of okay. this, and I don't remember which one might be the correct one. One version is that Aristotle was hired to be Alexander's private tutor. The nice. other was that Alexander was sent to an academy that mm-hmm. Aristotle had for lots of rich, wealthy boys. Right. I don't know which one of the two is true. And perhaps neither of them is true. Or perhaps both are true to a degree, mm-hmm. but yes, Alexander received uh, some of his education from Aristotle.
0: Maybe he attended one lecture and then was able to brag about it and make it yeah, part of his story have enough from enough then on
1: to believe that it was longer than that. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. See, I, I love it when you bring up things like that, because it's, it's hard for me to think of these characters in context of other char- historical characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have no idea what time frame Aristotle is around and what time frame Alexander is around. So the cool like it's cool that they overlapped that that helps. That's really neat.
1: Yeah. It is cool. History is cool. It can be. I remember that time you told me that you had no idea that the, that World War Two lasted as long as it did. No, it wasn't World
0: War Two that I was caught up on. It was how many days between Pearl Harbor and the bombing of japan
1: and that's world war ii or at least america's involvement in world well, war ii well yeah <laughs> from yeah from to the bomb. <laughs> yeah like, didn't, didn't you think it you said that it like, like the next day oh even that close okay. i thought
0: for sure it was within the week we had planes going to japan yeah. dropping fat man and little boy or whatever they were called yeah i thought it was within the week it was like months
1: wasn't it how long was it years oh my god it was years <laughs> december was 7th years. 1941 <laughs> is when pearl harbor is attacked <laughs> August 9th and 12th, I want to say, yeah. of 1945 is when the bombs that's, were dropped.
0: That's insanity. So, yeah,
1: that's three, that's um, a little over three, uh, no, not three whole years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a little over three whole years.
0: Life moves so fast. Why do things move so slow in history? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Well, to be fair, when you say life moves fast, you're what? You're not even 40 yet, whereas history, yeah. we have... 8,000 years, yeah. and that's just what's been recorded so far. Yeah. I,
0: I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this is why I don't like studying history because it just blows my mind, and I can't comprehend that much time. When, I get that. That's what I, when, I know, when, that's
1: what I think of when I'm trying to <laughs> learn something about biology. It's, ugh, it's all this information. It's too much to comprehend. I can't, ugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, today, uh, I don't know what zygotes
1: are, and, uh, <laughs> mycelium, or whatever, I, I don't even know what these words are, I might be, okay, I, think no that, idea. I think that last word I said was from Star Trek.
0: No, mycelium, that's a, uh, has to do with fungus, mold,
1: oh, something, I don't okay. know. I still probably got a Star Sounds Trek. Familiar.
0: <laughs> Cortis is studying kidneys right now. We have this dissection kit.
1: The beans or the pies? <laughs>
0: The the pools, body part, the body
1: part, Uh, the organ. I I, I got to play that little trick on you. I'm so proud of you. I I have to admit, it's a lot more fun than I thought it would be.
0: So much fun. So, anyways, so we he's learning about one organ at a time, and there's all these activities and reading and matching games, and then he gets to dissect one. Well, he hates dissecting, so I dissect and he tells me what to do. Anyways, he's gonna make a
1: terrible surgeon.
0: He does not want to be a surgeon he says that at all no he is not going to be a surgeon he wants to be a family practice doctor i think i'm going to start pointing him towards like radiology or something i don't know if he can handle being a doctor
1: to give him superpowers
0: yes that's that's exactly my plan anyways kidneys so he has this matching game of the internal parts of a kidney i had no idea there were so many parts to a kidney. <laughs> like, there's a renal pyramid in there.
1: There's, like, a medulla. I don't know what this is, there's but he knows it all. There's a tiny Egyptian empire in there? Yes! <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, and, and is yeah. Is like, an actual pyramid? Like, the sizes and the shapes are all right? <laughs> no,
0: no, it's just... That's what they call like one of the portions of the kidney. I don't know. Cut kind a of kidney in half and it's all weird in there.
1: Yeah, you're grossing me out. I know. Family friendly show. Let's not talk about cutting things. Apart. I
0: know. I, and again, you you don't do biology. Not for you. Nah. Not for you.
1: But I know I've got kidneys. I know they <laughs> do something <and> that they're <laughs> mm-hmm. probably going to betray me at some point later in my lifetime. <laughs> but yeah,
0: probably. Oh, and there,
1: there is my favorite joke. Uh, what? Whenever the kids want me to do something that I don't want to do, what do I say?
0: Uh, Whenever anybody asks
1: me to do something that I don't want to do, what do I say? I don't know. Say I'd rather donate a kidney. Oh, you do say that a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to donate a kidney. No, thanks. Did you know that if you get a kidney transplant, they leave your bad kidney in? Then you have three kidneys. Two working ones and one bad one or one working and two bad. I would
1: assume they'd take the bad one out.
0: No, they just leave it just hanging out there, that doing seems like, nothing.
1: That seems rather awkward. Well, and it's uncomfortable. Does your body not feel different now that you got this other thing in there? Kidneys
0: are small. Mm. I guess they don't take up much space.
1: What?
0: I don't. I, I guess it's just easier to leave it. I guess if you cut it and take it out, like you're, in, you're introducing oh, no, risk. I'm really
1: creeped out. Isn't it weird? There's people
0: walking around with three kidneys.
1: Hey, stop telling me stuff like that. I'm going to need to go to bed at some point during the day.
0: Could Aristotle have predicted that?
1: I don't remember how much we knew about anatomy in Aristotle's time.
0: Not much. Not much. All right. If you don't have anything more to say about Plato, Aristotle, or Socrates, I guess we're done.
1: They're cool guys to read about. I highly suggest reading them. And again, Plato's Republic is a good read, so by all means, read that. And yes, try, please. I, I beg of you on all things that are of mm-hmm. great importance and significance. Learn from the allegory of the cave. Accept the fact that everything that you know might just be your perception of reflections on a wall. Be. Oh, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying be open to the possibility that there is perhaps far, far, mm-hmm. far more to whatever conclusions you may have already drawn about things
0: that's offensive how dare you i'm right so why are you trying to spread your propaganda and convince me otherwise i don't appreciate it
1: An open mind is a key to education a closed mind is an enemy to education
0: that sounds like nonsense
1: Where would we be, honey, as a a people, (laughs) as a society, honey, if there were still people running around chopping heads off if you dared to say that the sun didn't revolve around the earth?
0: I don't know, because our country didn't do that. I doubt we
1: would have landed on the moon. I doubt we would have satellites in orbit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that probably wouldn't happen.
1: We'd probably all still have doctors running around telling people to drink their urine.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was very popular for a long time. (laughs) In many cultures.
1: Good thing some people were willing to believe that. That might not be right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so.
0: All right. Well, we're done. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, then please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a five-star review.
1: If you'd like to hear a future episode with more information about today's topic, contact us on Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Married to History Pod.
0: Also, please contact us if you have a silly question idea or if there's something from history that you would love to learn about
1: just be sure to specify in your message if it's silly or serious because we don't want to treat a genuine quest for knowledge like a joke.
0: Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're working.
1: I'm working. What do you do all day?
0: Um, today I was working on getting all of our home videos, like, uploaded and organized.
1: We have home videos?
0: Yeah, I've been recording, like, snippets of the kids since they were little.
1: Oh, okay. Like Kung Fu Piggy? Kung Fu Piggy was a good one. (laughs) That was a great moment. I know, but that's... I love looking at their smiles. Uh, Hearing that laugh. Today... I miss those (laughs) little... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Today, I found a video that you had taken on your phone. I think you probably took the kids to the mall while I had like a girls night or something. Mm-hmm. And it was a video of you on the carousel with Cortis. And it was so cute, and <laughs> he was so little, and he did that kid stutter thing when they're like, like they know what they're going to say, but like the words
1: don't come out. You're going to have to show me this video.
0: <laughs> it was very, very cute. <laughs> Anyways, here we go.